So today is the second Sunday of Epiphany, a season where we reflect on the manifestation of God among us. It is important to hear again the reassuring conviction that, despite what evidence may tell us otherwise, we can rest assured that we already possess every gift that the Spirit has in store for us. It is because of the promise of God's call and faithfulness that we have our confidence. For the next two weeks, we'll be sitting in 1 Corinthians 12, the New Testament reading and the lectionary for this time of the year. After spending time in the Gospels this past season, we get to join Paul and the Corinthians as they apply the life of Jesus and their own theology to the ins and outs of daily life in the church family. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You were that when you were pagans. You were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the discernment of spirits. To another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. The word of the Lord. Growing up, I remember stressing about spiritual gifts. I have a specific memory of being in the fifth grade and learning about spiritual gifts and what they were. And all of the boys seemed to have them already. And the teachers knew what they were. And a few of the girls did too, but none of those gifts seemed to fit me. What was the gift that God had given me, and how did I find it? As a college student, I was finally beginning to understand what my gifts were. But I spent most of my time wishing I had different gifts. My gifts didn't make sense with my gender or my beliefs or my personality. How was I ever going to be able to use the gifts that I had? And even in my adult life, I have wished that I had a particular gift that I saw in others. Their gifts just seemed better or easier or more useful or valid. But the distribution of gifts by the Spirit is not an arbitrary thing. It was not decided through choosing straws or picking a gift out of a hat. They are given with particularity and with purpose. 
Paul is reminding us that a spiritual gift is not about one special gift that you or I have from God and are trying to figure out. Rather, it is simply a gift that the Holy Spirit offers us. The manifestation of God among us in Jesus, of God in us, in the Holy Spirit, is all that we can do to be a sacred action. Everywhere we go is sacred space. And all the gifts that we have are spiritual when we use them to encourage others and to glorify God. The diversity of these gifts is what makes them so unique and bring us together as a community. I love Paul's refrain in verses 4, 5, and 6. He says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. Three times, Paul talks about the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. He calls attention to the gifts, the services, and the activities. We start with the gifts, and then to the service, or the purpose for which the gift is given. And then to the activities which enables the performance of that gift and that service. And what enables the ability to perform these services that are the purpose of our gift? It's the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit within and around us. Three times, Paul talks about the unity of the giver of these gifts as he tells about the Trinity. The same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. As Paul is talking about, ugh, talking about the gifts of the Spirit here, I think it's easy to overlook the most important gift of all. Despite there being many gifts that are very different, there is one central gift that we all share. And that central gift of the Spirit is our common confession that Jesus is Lord. This confession, empowered by the cross and the resurrection, binds our bearing family and all Christian communities together in a unity that overarches all of our differences. It is a gift in which we all share by the promise of God. Paul brings our attention to the way that diversity bonds us together, but he also draws our attention to the unity that belongs to the gifts of the Spirit. We, the bearing family, have been empowered with a diverse set of gifts, yet are unified one, just as the Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Spirit are, three but unified as one God, unified in their diversity. We are reminded that in the end, the gifts, the ministry, and the empowering of the community for service all belong to God. Because our gifts come from God and God empowers them all, we cannot see one gift as better than the other. The gifts are given to unify the church and serve for the common good of God's people. But common good is not always obvious. Common good is what builds up the community, and that is not always easy or transparent to see. As Paul goes through a list of the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts are all valued equally. Again, they're all gifted by the same Spirit, same Lord, 
same God. All the gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that manifestation of the Spirit allows us to acknowledge the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit and the diverse yet particular gifts that we hold as a community. All of us have spiritual gifts, and all of them are empowered by the same Holy Spirit. And that is why these gifts from God are so important. These gifts were made to draw us together, to help us encourage one another, and to bring us closer to each other and to God. Many of you have spoken to me about feelings of loneliness and isolation over the last couple years. And even as we are somewhat back together, it's not the same. We have spent a lot of time apart over the last 22 months. And for many of us, the time apart is not over. More than half of us are online today. And that is not likely to end anytime soon. We are tired of the way that things are. I can't tell you how many times a week I catch myself saying, when things get back to normal. And honestly, I don't even know what that means anymore. Some days that feels really difficult because the feelings of grief and sadness and loneliness far outweigh the good that we're experiencing. But the good news is that when we feel alone, we have already been given the tools to draw us back together and back to God. The Spirit already lives inside of us, and our gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit in us. These gifts we carry are the tools that we have to actively work towards the common good of our bearing family and of the world. I love handwritten notes. Every year at Christmas, I like to make photo cards and hand address every envelope. Multiple times, Kale has offered to make me a principal label list, but I really love the act of writing every name of the people we love so dearly. I love to write thank you notes and thinking of you cards. I love exchanging long notes with my grandmother, who tells me about her retirement community in her life right now, and I send back stories about Bandit and Banjo, my dogs for those of you who don't know them, what's happening at Bering, my favorite new recipes, and where I hope to travel next. I exchange letters with a couple of missionaries that we partner with in India. They tell us stories of how God is at work and what life is like right now and how their kids are growing up. They send love and encouragement from their churches. And we send it back, watching a beloved church from afar, praying for people we have not met face to face, reminding each other of God's goodness and faithfulness, even in the midst of COVID and difficult times. So as I read this today, I can totally relate to Paul, sending a letter of encouragement to a church that he loves, a letter to a church that is wrestling with how to orchestrate their lives in the midst of conflicting choices, difficult times, and isolation. Paul reminds his beloved church that at the center of their faith is a confidence in the promises of God, that no matter what they fear or how they feel, they are called to be a part of a diverse community and to share in the unity of spirit that God has already installed within them, lacking in nothing. 
and you are my beloved community. So after 22 months of COVID and all of the fears and grief and difficulty that our community has experienced, I thought that I might update Paul's letter to us, an exhortation of bearing spiritual gifts in the time of, and hopefully soon to be following, COVID. Now there are many different gifts, but the same spirit. And there are many different services, but the same Lord. And there are many different activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. Everyone is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as a part of who they are for the good of the community. The Spirit has given some the gift of intercession and prayer, to others the gift of encouragement through cards, emails, and texts, and still others the gift of giving through tokens of love and warm soup and delivery of medicine and groceries on porches. The Spirit has given some an attentiveness to the past and the healing needed, and others an attentiveness to the future and preparing for what God might be calling us to. To some, the gift of keeping the church building in shape for when we return. To others, the gift of seeing and loving the church members while we are physically separated. And to some, the gift of using technology and running Zoom so that we could remain together virtually. To some, the gift of truth, even when it is challenging for the world to hear. The Spirit has given some the gift of financial giving, given quietly to those without employment, and to keep the church afloat in a time when many were stretched financially. To some, the gift of hospitality, of sharing a meal six feet apart outside in the cold, and of doing all they could to help in the middle of a freeze. To some, the gift of knowledge that others didn't have access to or a means to understand, and to some, the gift of wisdom that others were too overwhelmed to come to on their own. To some, the gift to act and drive others to doctor's appointments and help around the home. And to some, the ability to sit with others and their sacred tears and grief. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who gives to each one of us individually exactly as the Spirit chooses. Amen. 